Hello everyone, good morning and welcome back to Daily Crypto News. It's February 9th, Friday. My week as your host is almost finished and I hope you enjoy this week with Daily Crypto News Sarah version. All right, there are a lot of news going on and including Asian regions, so let's get started. The highly anticipated Ethereum Denkun upgrade has passed its final test. This will likely pave the way for the blockchain to launch on the mainnet, main public network, next month. The upgrade was recently put through a full rehearsal on the Holsky test network designed to mimic conditions on Ethereum's live blockchain. With Holsky's run of Denkun now completed without issue, Ethereum developers are nearly ready to deploy the upgrade on the live network. Team will meet on Thursday to finalize timing, but expectations point to activations in late February or early March. Ethereum price is sitting at $2,457.65, according to the CoinMarketCap. Are you guys buying? Bakht, a crypto platform introduced in 2018, warned on Wednesday that it might not be able to stay in business. What? Do you remember Bakht? Bakht was founded by and is more than 60% owned by Intercontinental Exchange, which is also owned the New York Stock Exchange. They provide trading services, trading API, crypto custody, crypto reward system. They once wanted to enable people to buy Starbucks with Bitcoin at some point. The company said in a document filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, quote, we might not be able to continue as a going concern. We do not believe that our cash and restricted cash are sufficient to fund our operations for the following 12 months, end quote. Sad. Bakht is seeking to sell up to $150 million worth of securities, which could ease this problem. I mean, they didn't say they could solve the problem. This will only ease the problem. So that's kind of serious. Uh, Bakht Holdings Incorporated, ticker BKKT Security, is trading at around 0.87 US dollars, and it's 4%. Down in 24 hours. The Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce has proposed the issuance of a stablecoin backed by the Chinese yuan. This stablecoin is supposedly RMB stablecoin or stablecoins backed by a basket of different currencies, including RMB in addition to Hong Kong dollars or US dollar stablecoins. The HKGCC also suggested that the government explore the creation of a virtual asset connect scheme with a daily limit of approximately 20 billion Hong Kong dollars. That's about 2.5 billion US dollars. This scheme would, quote, enable mainland companies to leverage Hong Kong as a platform for conducting virtual asset trading with global counterparts, adding that it would serve as an incentive to foster the growth of virtual asset industry and reinforce Hong Kong's position as an international financial hub, end quote. It sounds very, very nice, and it sounds like, okay, they are going to help the virtual asset industry, aka crypto industry, to grow. But there is one problem, though. Hong Kong is Chinese now. No joke. 
they are part of China now. No sovereignty left, practically. So this is, and I dare say, disguised as leveling up Hong Kong as an international financial hub, and I'm using air quote. But eventually, good for Chinese government bypassing all the regulations from their own mainland regarding crypto being illegal. And so on, but still taking advantage of crypto to fatten the Chinese economy. And we all heard how badly they are doing in mainland right now. How do we like this news? I will leave it up to you, Sarah at DailyCryptoNews.net. Thailand is exempting crypto traders from paying a hefty tax to strengthen the country's ambitions to become an Asian digital asset hub. Ah, people really want to be the digital asset hub in Asia. What's going on? The Financial Ministry of Thailand will remove the need to pay a seven percent value-added tax on earnings from trading cryptocurrencies and digital tokens, according to local news outlet. We also covered similar policy last week here in Daily Crypto News Asia Focus that retail investors in Thailand now can invest digital tokens backed by real estate or infrastructure without the limit of 300,000 baht. That's approximately 8,400 US dollars. This is per offering in asset-backed ICOs. Back to this VAT exemption on crypto earnings. The exemption aims to encourage digital assets as a fundraising alternative, of course, and it was previously set to expire at the end of 2023, and now permanently applied to transactions executed through Thailand's licensed digital asset exchange operators. Of course, this includes brokers as well. However, Thailand is still taking a cautious approach to this asset class, crypto, having restricted the use of cryptocurrency for payments. That is a bummer, but still, Thailand is moving really fast on this regulation, innovative regulation, I would say. Good news. On January 13th, the Korean blockchain industry was shaken by announcement: the merge of Clayton and Finchia. We might not know so much about Clayton and Finchia, but as a Korean, Clayton has been the number one Korean blockchain company. But I have to be honest; they have not been doing well. They have not been really doing well internationally either. But I brought this uh, article written by Shubit. I suppose he's Korean, and he wrote this article very, very well. In terms of explaining how the Korean industry startup ecosystem works, and including how big corporations work, in there it's really well and incorporated this the story of merge between Clayton and Finchia and what is good in it. And I highly recommend you to read this article. It's a it's a bit long, but it gives a really nice background story of Korean ecosystem. So let me sum it up for you. Two of the Korean unicorn startup, Naver and Kakao, much respected in Korea, have spearheaded the growth of Korean Web2 scene. There is no Korean, I dare say, don't know about Naver and Kakao. Everybody knows it. Everybody uses it. 
they have continuously expanded their businesses, leveraging their substantial capital and network. And instead of aiming for global expansion as a next step, they focus solely on the Korean market after acquiring different companies and outcompeting their rivals. Now they became almost like conglomerate. However, witnessing the steep rise in crypto price, both Naver and Kakao launched their Layer 1 platforms, Fincha and Clayton, respectively. However, the outcomes were disappointingly bad. <laughs> so... This article also shares the benefit of the merger. So from the Clayton side, they can get away with Orbit Bridge hack. It was a big hack news, by the way, and there was a lot of loss of momentum through this news and negative narratives around it. So it's very hard for them to create a new positive narratives and go on. So they can move on with this merger. Voila! From the Fincha side, they would... most likely get a very easy listing on international exchanges like Binance. Plus, if projects that were leeching off Clayton could go to Fincha, which most possibly they will, it's like a killing two birds with one stone. And this author says he personally thinks that the merger between Fincha and Clayton is a great business decision. I agree. Both chains have been operation, operational for a long time and were losing some momentum and it was hard to get back, which is vital in the blockchain business. That led to a decrease in TVL and token price, yada yada yada. It was a death spiral. Finchell was achieving significant results as an um, urban platform and Clayton had its own moment as a promising Ethereum killer with many DeFi projects turning to it. So if the merger happens, of course, it's, it's easier said than done, so it must be incredibly difficult. But the decision makers had to do something about it. So both companies who made this happen deserve respect. And this is precisely the difference between startups and large corporations. So there comes the whole background story of how Korean unicorn startups uh, slash big corporations work. So startups in general can just go for it and because the CEO takes responsibility and if they fail and if they lose momentum, there is only two options. You pull through, but you can't really pull through, so you might fail or you just have to give in. But in large corporations, the CEO can't take full responsibility and they do have big network and capital to kind of keep it alive. So when this kind of opportunity comes, they can grab it. Of course, with them being a little cautious. Hope you enjoy this uh, article as much as I did. And if you have any questions related to it or what you thought of it after reading the article, let me know how it is, sarah at dailycryptonews.net. That's all for today. Now let's see how the markets are doing. We're staying at 72, quite jumped up from yesterday. I could imagine it is from the Chinese New Year bump. I'm not sure. Let's see what happened in Bitham, Korea in last 24 hours. Which project had a big time fluctuation? Number one, COTI from Cotty has shown 34.9% increase and is trading at 134 Korean won, which is $0.09836. Number two, NFT token from Ape NFT has shown 20% increase and is trading at 0.0006 Korean won, 
which is around 0.0000044401 dollars. All right, coming up with number three, MED token from MediBlock has shown 17.39% increase and is trading at 16.13 Korean won, which is 0.01189 dollars. Dollar prices from Coin Market Cap. And hope you guys have invested in this coin. Thank you so much tuning in this week as well. Without leaving Daily Crypto News, just because we don't have Matthew, I absolutely enjoyed having you guys, and it was an honor to serve you this week. Hope you learned something today with me at Daily Crypto News. Share your feedback, opinion, news to Matt at DailyCryptoNews.net or Sarah at DailyCryptoNews.net anytime. Until next week, happy hodling, everyone.